Welcome to day 11 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are Genesis chapters 31 through 33 and Psalm 5. Here are some thoughts to guide your reading for today. Things have become pretty tense and untenable between Laban and Jacob's ever-expanding family. So chapter 31 describes their division. Jacob first recruits Leah and Rachel to his side. They seem to easily recognize not only the tension their father has created, but also God's blessing upon Jacob and thus their lives. While Laban is away shearing the sheep, the family of Jacob sneaks out. Notice that when Laban catches up with them, he asks Jacob almost the exact same question that Jacob asked him after he realized he had married Leah. What have you done? The story about Rachel stealing her father's household gods creates not only a little tension, but also some humor in the story. It also serves to remind us that God's people were not quite monotheistic yet. There lingers for a time what is called henotheism or henotheism, the belief that there are many gods in the world, but Yahweh is the God over all the other gods. Jacob and Laban set up a covenant with one another, a covenant that reminds me a little bit of the line my sister and I would draw down the middle of the back seat of the car when we were on family vacation. Here is the line. This is my side of the line. Don't cross this line. And with that line drawn in the sand, Laban fades from the biblical narrative. Chapter 32 opens with an odd vision. Jacob sees angels from God journeying with him. Some translations read messengers because the word for messenger and for angel is the same in Hebrew. Jacob names the place Mahanaim, meaning two camps, perhaps because the Lord's angels seem like a whole encampment, an army around him. But in the very next verse, Jacob sends his own messengers to find out what he might expect when he eventually runs into Esau. The reply is that Esau has 400 men with him. That is not good, and Jacob seems to know it. So he prays, he sends wave after wave of gifts to try to pacify his angry brother, and then he divides his family into two, so even if Esau destroys one half, the other half might survive. But before Esau can arrive, a strange event takes place. Jacob gets into a wrestling match in the night. The text describes Jacob's opponent as a man, so at first we wonder, is it Esau that he's wrestling with? But the longer the match goes on, the less this wrestler seems human, but increasingly divine. The one wrestling Jacob asks for his name. This isn't so much a question of knowing what to call him, as it invites Jacob to own his identity as a heel grabber, as a cheater, as a Jacob. But out of his striving with God, Jacob gets a whole new identity. Israel, the God wrestler. But he also gets a new limp. It's fascinating that this nation that will emerge from Jacob and his ancestors will take this name and this identity as God wrestlers as their own. Jacob saw the face of God in the night and survived, but what will happen the next day as chapter 33 begins and he sees Esau's face during the day? Amazingly, rather than anger, Esau embraces his brother Jacob in a moment of reconciliation that will remind us of another scene later on in the story involving all of Jacob's sons. But Jacob is no longer the scheming usurper of his brother's position and status because he has striven with God and he has come out of it humbled and limping. This text invites us to understand that this reconciliation with Esau did not happen because of Jacob's schemes, but because of God's redemptive presence and work. Esau and Jacob part on good terms with Esau receiving a gift from his brother rather than a payoff. 
Jacob can now establish his life and the life of his family without the oppression of Laban or without the fear of his past with Esau. Jacob, now Israel, gets a brand new start. The psalmist in Psalm 5 is also worried about enemies, but also acknowledges that God's presence makes all the difference. As verse 7 proclaims, I will enter your house because of your abundant, faithful love. These texts remind us again how dysfunctional God's people can be, but they also remind us of the beauty of forgiveness and reconciliation. We may not ever get it fully right, but we will not stop wrestling with God. So enjoy these beautiful stories for today. Read looking for things you've never seen before. Listen to what the Spirit may say to you through the text today. Journal some of your reflections, your questions, and your prayers, and keep on wrestling with God. Tomorrow's reading is Genesis chapters 34 through 36. I'll see you tomorrow.